2: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
3: Across the UK, online and on DAB.
1: (laughs) Badass Women's Hour XL on Talk Radio. Super-sized free speech for switched-on women. Badass Women's Hour XL with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma
2: Sexton. The vampire strikes back on Talk Radio. One, two, three! Welcome to Badass Women's Hour XL with me, Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell, Emma Sexton here on Talk Radio. We're here with you all the way till 10pm tonight, three fabulous hours of us. Uh, We have got a packed show this week. We've got Amy Thompson, founder of We Are Moody, the hormone tracking app that is going to change your life, coming and tell us all about it. We are going to be looking at some of the news stories that caught our intentions, including the rise in domestic violence, whether or not you can actually learn to be funny, and we're going to be talking tax. Yep, sounds boring, but we're going to make it fun. Tax. Because apparently it's the end of the text year, which I did not know at all. Um, so we're going to try and save you some money. All of that is coming up in the next few hours. But first, it's the news stories that have caught our eye this week. And we are going to start with women-owned
4: business spaces. Nat, tell me, what is this story about? So there was an extensive uh, article in Stylist this week uh, headlined the No Boys Network and it talks about the rise of women-only membership spaces across the UK. And now we're all members of of places uh, that we go, go to work and what it really shone a light on for me is that In previous years, men typically had spaces where it was just men allowed and, you know, they went to work. And now women are saying, actually, we want to have places where we work, where we celebrate life, where we get together. And it's just for women. Men can come in, but they can't be members. So is this the new version of the Old Boys Network? It is most definitely. Uh, and you know I don't actually think now Now it's women doing it I don't (laughs) actually think there's anything wrong with it at all I think it's fabulous
2: Mm. (laughs) Emma what do you think because we have been complaining about the fact that you know men retreat to their clubs do business behind closed doors and we don't get a look in surely it's unfair to say they can't do it but we're going to do you know what there was a time when I was all for women's only
1: clubs events meetups because I think it was really important for women to have a space to share their stories because it certainly does change to when there's men in the room but I think where I'm at now I'm really interested in women-led spaces not women-only spaces so Mm. women creating their working environments their working cultures but not excluding anybody from that so I'm I'm not really down with these all women I know guys can come along if you're a guest but I think this is about us we should be leading the way and go, look, there is an alternative way of working, of networking. And I don't think we need to, to shut people out. So
4: if I'm being honest, so I haven't actually experienced a women's only workspace before. So, and I think it will be interesting walking in and, and just seeing women and having an environment that was created um through a a a woman a, a woman's lens to say, well, what is it that we want if we're running our own business or businesses or after a hard day I want work? men
1: to experience that and men don't. Traditionally, if there is an all women event, you know, I used to run um, a networking event for women and men were always invited to come along they never come along. You see all women on a lineup, men don't come along. You mm-hmm, have these women's spaces and I want to see these spaces created where men are participating and go, okay, this is a different way. This is a different culture. That's why I want to see.
2: Do you think, though, that we run a risk of total gender segregation and we stop doing business with each other and actually the divides that are already really present within men and women, particularly in business at the moment, just become
4: even deeper? No, I don't think so. Because ultimately, as soon as you leave these spaces, and there are not a huge number of them but as soon as you leave these spaces you're in a world where you have to deal with and work with men and it's great you know if, if, if you're running a business that you love it's great to have a mixed and diverse network but actually I think there's something interested, interesting in a space that's curated through a woman's lens to say well what is it like to just have a space just for us well, we're actually going to talk to
2: somebody who runs a workspace um, and she started it through a female lens, but it's not women only. Lacey Hunter-Felton runs the Hunter Collective. Uh, Lacey, thanks for joining us. Hello, ladies. Hello. So tell us a little Thank bit you for about... having me. That's <laughs> fine. Tell us a little bit about the Hunter Collective and what it is. So the
0: Hunter Collective is a co-work space uh, for fashion and beauty freelancers um, and we opened our doors in September last year.
2: Uh, But you are not women only, you are open to anyone and everyone, is that right? We
0: are, like it's really important to me that Hunter Collective is a really diverse, um, open platform for, you know, the freelancers in our industry to come and work together, because one of my biggest um, issues with the industry when um, I was working in a more classic salon environment is that... um, It wasn't like a. I needed more people to come together and mix of skills and, you know, men and women, you know, bring them equally. But um, I just felt that, yeah, HC could could really improve on that.
4: But do you think you've created a space with a female lens do, you know you I haven't I haven't been to the hunting collective I should come and visit but do you, you think it's fun I will <laughs> is it fundamentally different because you have created it as opposed to a man saying I'm going to set up a space for people in this industry I 100% I do believe that because the reasons behind me creating it um
0: were from that kind of female empowered view i i was so fortunate um, in my professional career of growing up with incredible mentors and inspiring um women who were teaching me um to be an incredible um hairdresser and and as i was going through my career those women were disappearing out of view and although i still had incredible mentors they were becoming predominantly men um and it really like dawned on me that where are these women going. And that's why I set up Hunter Collective is because uh, women in my industry need a choice and they need a space to work in. And when I meet, um, you know, new members that join us, um, they're so inspired by the women who are being, you know, just fierce and strong and independent and, you know, earning. And, um, and I just felt that we were just lacking that, you know, where I was based, you know, Throughout my career, um, so, in that kind of older generation, yeah.
2: Do you think then that actually there is an argument for female-only spaces? Um, I
0: do. I think people need choice. I think they need the freedom to choose where they feel comfortable. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time in more of a tech-based co-working space. Um, eighteen months I was there, and you know, I did enjoy it, but I was surrounded by men and you know women need to know that you know they will get funding and they will get investment and they will be inspired and i think that you know other industries do it really well um but not all and i think that the choice to have um a more female um coercive space is is i think it's really relevant and if you don't like it you don't have to go you don't have to be part of it but i just think you know sometimes um you know women are kick ass when they're together and incredible things happen in those environments
2: agreed we very strongly agree with that (laughs) that's lacey hunter felton from the hunter collective thanks so much for joining us thank you so much for having me uh so i have been to the hunter collective and it is a beautiful space it really is i've you feel really comfortable and, and lovely it, and supportive. it wouldn't actually
1: exist without a female because the reason Lacey set it up is she was going to be a freelance hairdresser because she knew she would have children she's actually got a baby and this allows her to still create that salon experience for her clients without being tied to a salon and she can still be a um, freelance
4: so. And so the thing that I've taken from this conversation is actually uh, the women-led thing. I'm going I'm yeah, to start women using led. that. Women <laughs> yeah,
1: women-led, women-led. Let us lead the Women-led women everything. Men come and join us, <laughs> but this is a new era and
2: we're working differently. <laughs> Thank you. Women-led everything, that's what we want. Uh, so it cannot have escaped your notice that this weekend is Oscars weekend. Uh, the red carpet is being rolled out as we speak, vacuumed, everyone's getting their dresses ready. I'm trying uh, to be excited, but... Uh, you're not no, feeling it? I don't know if I am. Now, nah, are you excited for the Oscars? You're the film buff. No. No? <laughs> okay, well, we're going to try and make the next section really exciting. I'm uh, excited so- about this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because this year, throughout the whole of the awards season, it, the red carpet has felt like a bit of a campaign carpet. There's been a campaign on every single one, and... I want to know, do they really work and what, really, what is the point of them? Um, and we very, very lucky, on the line, live from Hollywood, we have Samata Patterson, Samarta, I hope I pronounced that correctly, who's the campaign director of Red Carpet Green Dress, which is all about promoting ethical fashion on the red carpet. Hi, Samata. how are you doing? Absolutely. I'm doing great, thank you. How are you, ladies? Good, <laughs> thank you. Hi. So tell us, what is Good. Red Carpet Green Dress?
3: Sure. Well, Red Carpet Green Dress is a sustainable fashion project that was founded by Susie Amos Cameron, and she is the wife of director James Cameron. And when she was attending the Oscars a few years ago, and as someone who's very passionate about the environment and conscious shopping decisions, she wanted to make more of a style statement on the carpet, and so she came up with this idea to encourage designers established, emerging, to create ethical statements pieces to be worn on the red carpet so that's what we do we're really kind of committed to promoting sustainability
2: and so how would somebody
3: if i was watching the oscars tomorrow
2: how would i know if somebody <laughs> was wearing a kind of ethically good dress
3: <laughs> uh, good question so you know we all know that the the typical conversation for the red carpet when a woman approaches a presenter is oh my goodness you look fantastic tell me what you're wearing Mm -hmm. and so Susie used that question to start the conversation so you won't really know what people are wearing until they start talking about the pieces that they're wearing with red carpet green dress we've already announced who you know who you should look out for we're working with a really fantastic actor called Lakeith Stanfield who is in Get Out Okay. And we have, yes, and we have Zoe Deutsch as well, who's an incredible emerging actress. So our followers already know to look out for these people and, you know, to know what they're wearing. But when it comes to the general quest um, carpet, you just have to ask the question and then, the, you know, the stars will start talking about their outfits and you will find out, you know, who's promoting sustainability. That.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> So we yes. know that outfits that people typically wear to the Oscars can be anything from a couple thousand dollars to $100,000. How ethical is that in the grand scheme of things?
3: So that's a very interesting question, and we really approach that in so many different ways. First of all, when it comes to red carpet, green dress, we promote sustainability through either creating bespoke eco-gowns from sustainable fabric that is sustainably sourced so we know where the fabric's coming from who's making it and so on mm-hmm. and all of our gowns are going to be worn again so we don't just create token one-off statements yeah. there's a legacy there's a legacy plan for every single piece we've ever made um and i can't say too much about that but when it comes to the other kind of brands who make one-off pieces i think we can't really deny the model of the fashion industry you know when it comes to red carpet events A lot of the time, stars don't want to wear something that's been worn before, or they want something special for their special moment. They're going to the Oscars, and these fabrics cost thousands of pounds in some cases, so you're looking at an expensive dress if you've got 15 couturiers spending 24, 36, 48 hours making a dress. And so what we try and do is say, let's look at the dresses that already exist for these moments. Yes, it might be challenging for an actress to get her head around wearing something that someone wore 10 years ago, but Last year, we worked with Emma Roberts, mm-hmm. and she wore a vintage dress from Armani's collection, his very first collection that had been worn before. So that's one way we try and have that conversation and say, look, these dresses already exist. Mm-hmm. And when we're looking at making a statement through our fashion, why don't we start looking back at what's already there instead of always trying to make something new? And, you know, if we are making something new, let's make it sustainably yeah. with really good fabric. But, you know, that kind of way. So that's one way we do it. OK, um, Emma. But yeah, so much,
1: <clears throat> <Sumatra, laughs> I feel like we, for yeah. a long time, there's been lots of talk around the fashion industry about being more ethical, being more sustainable, uh, avoiding all this kind of <laughs> throwaway fashion. How well do you think the fashion industry is doing? Is it progressing as fast as it should be on this?
3: That's a great question. I think it, I think it's getting there slowly. I think change does. If you want change that lasts, you know, I always say anything worth having. You know, it takes a long time. There's no such thing as an overnight success. And you're yeah. looking at changing structures, you know, schedules, fashion week, collections. Like some brands are delivering new collections in a store like eight to 12 times a year. And so that, that mentality for shoppers of always expecting something new there's a shift that happens needs to happen there and not just on the production side. Mm. But the industry is changing. I think a lot of the kind of high street brands are realizing that the consumers are asking them questions. Where is this being made? There are movements like the fashion revolution day where people are going online and saying, who made my clothes and they're asking their brands these questions. And that pressure is making a difference. I really do believe that, you know, You have platforms like ASOS who are now curating eco-edits, sustainable edits, which are getting bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. Um, And you have, you know, accessible brands that people can afford (laughs) are also (laughs) doing the same thing. So I do see change coming. And even the way Fashion Week operates, more and more brands are not doing spring, summer, autumn, winter anymore. They're just kind of doing like timeless collections and just injecting new styles in a more spaced out way. But isn't that also because
4: you can't, we we can't work in that way anymore. You yeah, can't exactly the seasons. I mean,
3: yeah. yeah, we can't. We can't. And, and also, it's just not
4: sustainable, you know. And
3: people are looking for more timeless pieces. Mm. If you're spending a lot of money on something, you want to know that you're not going to be made to feel like you're out of date within two weeks, you know, yeah. of buying. It is that The mannequins have changed and you're suddenly like this dated person. So people are looking for style that just feels more timeless and investing and looking to buy quality huh. over quantity. So oh. that's what I think I think <laughs> Samantha,
2: thank you. It was so interesting. Uh, we will be looking out for those dresses on tomorrow night. Tomorrow night Oscars, isn't it? Uh, that was Samantha yes, Patterson, campaign director of Red Carpet Green Dress. Thanks for joining us, Samantha. Uh, so coming up, it is, of course, our Badasses of the Week. Find out why this week is all about the Emmas. All about the Emmas this week <laughs> here on Badass Women's yes. Hour XL. <laughs>